right, here I am in the studio. I'm interviewing Luke Haltman, season nine American Ninja Warrior, proud father, proud husband, workaholic, one of the best personalities I've ever met. I mean, I met this guy, what was it, 2018, recovering from an injury. I was involved in an accident. I show up to Victory Chiropractic in Southlake, and you talk about going through the door, boundless energy, just somebody's just like, hey, in your face, charismatic type of guy. It actually kind of held me, and I was thinking to myself, like, is this real? You know, is, is he genuine or is this an act? Like, who is this guy? And then every day, it's like, because I was there three, I think three times, Easy. three times a week. Easy. And it's like, okay, every day, every morning at seven o'clock, this guy, what is he on? How does he have this type of energy? So then I start learning more. I was like, okay, this is him. It is genuine. I got to know this guy. So now I've got the pleasure of interviewing him because I want to know more. I think the people deserve to know more. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me. I, likewise, too. Energy. Definitely. Likewise. So digging more into your personal life, Luke, I know it's easy to go through and say, hey, he's a, a loving father, a loving husband, a great person. But we got to know more about what is it that drives you? And in knowing that, I got a question for you. And it's just to date, what is your biggest non-athletic accomplishment? I would have to say my biggest non-athletic accomplishment would be being a father to my three kids and a husband. So I will say 13 years ago, I'm 30, 13 years ago, if you would have asked me if I'm going to be married and have three kids that, you know, that love me oh so much and see me as this invincible Superman, I would just laugh at your face because I was the kid growing up saying, I'm never going to get married. I'm going to do my own thing. Um, I'm definitely not going to have any kids, that's for sure. And when I was 17, the type of footsteps I was falling into, uh, getting into drugs and selling them and doing all the type of stuff and just got out of a juvenile detention center. It was a very scary situation. And I kept telling myself, you know, if I'm going to be doing this, I don't need to bring kids in this world that are just going to mimic that personality, in other words. And I really didn't want that. So if you would have told me that 13 years ago, I would have laughed at your face. But here I am now sitting here, 30 years old. I have three beautiful kids married to a beautiful wife of five years. Jordan, uh, Jordan's my wife. Zoe's my youngest three month old. And I have a nine year old Rowan and a six year old Lillian. And by far the best non-athletic accomplishment in my life. By far, man. I am so happy and blessed to have them in my life. Beautiful, yes. beautiful. And that's big, man, because when you talk about 13 years ago, however you felt then, and you look at it now, everybody has a choice to make direction A, direction mm -hmm. B. Do I go left or mm -hmm. do I go right? Do I continue to follow and make these same mistakes or do I stop, turn things around and renew myself, right? right. And if I'm looking at you know my podcast, if I look at my life and I say revive, if I look at Healthy Living in 4D, you think of an opportunity to turn things around and to do something different. In your case, it's like, man, I'm ultra competitive. And that is what led you and what brings you here today because it's that competitive spirit. It's not giving up on yourself. Right, it's right. seeing different of yourself, mm -hmm. wanting more and knowing that you can achieve more. Right. Like you may, you could have been in a place to say, you know what? I'm down. I'm not going to get back up. I'm in this detention center. I'm wherever I need to be in life. This is my identity. Right. Instead, yeah. you said, this is not my identity. Mm -hmm. This is not who I am. Mm -hmm. I can turn things around. I'm better. I'm worth more. My life is, is more. I'm here for a greater purpose. And you're delivering. Correct. And right now, you're an inspiration. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. You know? Yeah, because I, I will say, when, it, when I got out of the juvenile detention center, that's when I truly 
found deep inside myself and asked myself, is this truly who you are? And the answer was was a very, very easy no. I mean, I just told myself this is not who I am. Very, I grew up in a very good home, great parents, great sisters. Uh, I had no excuses whatsoever, just hung out with the wrong crowd, of course. But I asked myself after that, is this who you want to be for the rest of your life? And I said, absolutely not. So I changed that and I changed it for the better. So awesome. Peer pressure, right? Peer pressure. Oh, man. It's big. Hey, and I will say, though, I, I did a lot of that to other people as well, too. And looking back at it, of course, I regret that tremendously because there are a few friends of mine still back at home that are still locked up and still living that lifestyle. And it's it's sad. And, I, you know, I would love to reach out to them if they're ever willing, yeah. of course. But it's a. Um, you know, sad to see that, of course, but at the same time, I'm glad for my sake, I turned that around as well. Um, yeah. And I definitely wouldn't want that for my kids or wife or anybody else I'm close to. And see, that puts it into perspective because you say, hey, my base, my foundation was better, right? Correct. So you get that peer pressure, right? Mm-hmm. You get those learned behaviors that are transferred to somebody else that maybe doesn't have as strong as a base or mm-hmm. a better support system and they fall, right? They don't right. get back up or they get sucked into the system. And so it works the same way with health. You know, somebody that has a stronger support system with a diet may be able to have those cheat days, may be able to Correct. come through and not exercise certain days, but then <laughs> they rebound easier. Right. You know, right. it works the same way with marriages. Somebody gets into a spiff with their partner. You know, if you live in, let's say, Collin County, as opposed to somebody living in Denton County, if the rate in Collin County for divorce is higher right, and right. everybody on the side of you is getting divorced, you're like, oh, well, maybe I can't work with my <laughs> marriage. It works all different types of ways, man. But it's good that you found yourself and that it's easily identifiable to you. Right. And right. that now you're here doing better things, sharing your story. Correct. And like this is I mean, this is the the top of, I mean, maybe not the top of your life, but at least it's a great step Absolutely. In, the, in the right yeah. direction, you know? That mountain's never going to end for me. There is no, there is no top of the peak. And if, let's just say that career, accomplishment wise, anything in life, health and fitness stuff, let's say I do reach that top, you know, then it's just transcend the skies from there. There's no, there's no limit. There should be no limit for those type of things. You awesome. should always want to do better. I love that because I was actually going through and I wrote, <laughs> We can never be perfect, but we can always be better. Love it. Yeah. You know, and you That's think true. about Jesus and he's like, okay, he took that away from us. Mm-hmm. Like, there is no perfection. We can't be perfect, mm-hmm. but we can get better every day. You know, mm-hmm. it's not about perfection. It's about progression. Right. And that's key. Right. Now tell me, Luke, what's your biggest athletic accomplishment? So here's a fun one. So, you know, I, I had some thought about this question because I'm I'm very blessed and honored that there's a few that I could give you answers wise, right? I mean, you could go right. from back doing uh, my first ever marathon when I was 26 because my goal was I wanted I turned 26, I want to run 26 miles. That was literally in my head. Uh, the other goal, you know, the other ones I competed on American Ninja Warrior. How many people could say that, right? Right. Uh, I won my first ever race back in 2016. Like that's you know those are those are. Um, Great accomplishments, but I would have to say my greatest accomplishment athletically to this point would have to be completing uh, this 34-mile ultra race out in El Paso at the Franklin Mountains. All right, now hold on. Now you said ultra race, and I'm just going to go back because before I met you, I never understood that there was even something better than or further than or Mm -hmm. more complicated than a marathon. I thought marathon was the top. So you said ultra. I'm like, 
what is that? So tell us what an ultra race is real quick. Too. Okay. So ultra race would be anything distance wise above a marathon. A marathon, just in case you're not aware, is 26.2 miles, uh, 42 kilometers for everyone who's overseas. But uh, ultra marathon would be anything above. Mostly, most races are 50K, which is 31 miles. Wow. Hey, this is Healthy Living in 4D, and I'm so glad you tuned in today. You're listening to an exclusive interview with my friend, Luke Halterman, and we need your help. We need you to rate us. We need you to rate this interview. I need you to subscribe and follow us. I need you to subscribe to this podcast. I need you to follow us on Spotify. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, we're trying to get ranked. We're trying to change the world. So our way to empower others and help you create a healthy, sustainable lifestyle, our way of serving, our way of sharing a very special message. But this race in particular was 34 miles with about 8,000 feet of elevation gain. So if you've never been to El Paso in the Franklin Mountains, it's about the highest you can get, in, I believe, in Texas, for sure. Because Texas is very flat, definitely here in the Metroplex. So right, right. There was, no, there was no training for this. And the terrain was just beyond technical. Rocks everywhere. Uh, there was not a single moment where it was just dirt trail where you're not slamming on some rocks somewhere. Well, sure enough, I, the, the reason why it was my greatest accomplishment is because at about mile nine, uh, the type of trail shoes that I was wearing, I ended up getting a blister on my foot. And it was a great race. I mean, it was leading up to it. I've been training for the distance. It was great. But I, was, I could feel this blister coming up underneath my foot. <laughs> about a mile 17, I took my shoe off and the whole skin of the bottom of my heel is just completely off. I mean, oh. I, I say the heel, it's a little bit more past the heel. So close to the toe line, down to the Achilles, just the whole skin was coming oh. off. And it was just, it was rough. But I remember getting to about mile 25 and I told myself, it hurts when I walk. It hurts when I run. Just do it. Run these last miles. It was the last aid station. Just finish out this race. And sure enough, I just bit it down and just finally did it. It took me eight hours to complete this race. Eight hours hours wow. of just suffering out there so numb feet just numb numb i i threw up at the end as well too due wow. to uh the nutrition style because i was doing a lot of walking it ended up getting very warm lately in the race because i was hoping to finish two or three hours sooner of course but it, it took everything out of me to just tell myself it's going to hurt anyways just fight through it and just do it so to this day that's probably my biggest one for sure Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Now it, was, you, it was rough. <laughs> now you alluded to uh, nutrition there briefly, and that gets me to my next question, because as you know, when it comes to getting healthy, living a healthy, sustainable lifestyle, 80 percent is diet and 20 percent mm -hmm. is the exercise. Agreed. Absolutely. You know, if we want to throw something in there, we could say a caveat would be the mentality, mm -hmm. you know, but how do you prepare mentally for something like that. I know it doesn't have anything to do with the nutrition, it doesn't have anything to do with the exercise, but mentally when you know, you know, that you have that type of undertaking mm -hmm. ahead of you mm -hmm. and you know what you're, what's going to be demanded of your body. Right. Right. How do you prepare for that mentally? It's uh, it, it takes a lot. It really does. Because what I always envision before my race is the finish line and how my reaction will be after the finish line. I'll give you a perfect example of Houston marathon. I just competed in this past week and that was supposed to be, my sub three hour marathon and unfortunately rolled ankle um, took that away from me. But my envision before the race mentally is thinking of running down that final stretch and seeing on that clock that it's sub three and envisioning as soon as I cross that finish line to run into my wife's arms and give her a hug 
and we're in tears and we're happy, you know, and it's unfortunate that it didn't happen, of course, but for any race that I do, and it could be a 5k, it could be a hundred meter dash. What I do is I just mentally envision the reward over the pain. The pain is inevitable. It's going to happen. You're going to hurt during a run and the people next to you are going to hurt as well too. It's whoever's going to dig deep if you want to win the race, of course. But I always envision the bigger picture of finishing and getting that accomplishment. And I think that prepares me mentally more than anything. So now that we covered the mental side, how do you prepare physically? <laughs> That's a good question because for a lot of people, you know, a lot of people genetically are gifted enough to where they can just run up into something and just go ham on it, right? Mm -hmm. like for you, example, basketball, man, you just go up there, man, it's natural for you, I bet. Right. You just go in there, you probably knock down threes, dunk it on like it's nobody's business, right? At one point, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> at one point, yeah. <laughs> but other than that, you know, for racing, you know, we'll just keep that on that topic for racing. You Following a strict training plan is ideal. You have to follow a training plan. If there is a certain goal in mind that you want for something, and that could be for health, and that could be nutrition, that could just be for weight loss. Simple as that. You have to be strict with your training. And I, I tell a lot of people, you know, you can have the, that occasional cheat meal and that training block. You can have that occasional rest day as well, too. But you got to keep in mind the bigger picture. And so when I'm training for something physical like this, I, I need to make sure on my ultra marathons that I'm running my long runs each week. I have to hold myself accountable for that. If I miss on those long runs and then race day comes and run 30 miles, man, my legs are going to die at mile 10 and I got 20 more miles left in the race. Right. So physically, I follow a very strict training plan that I write out for myself. Um, and if I ever come to a point where I fail at things multiple times as well, too, I always reach out for help and seek guidance as well for training. But I, I will at least run three to five times a week. I'll have different type of training blocks where one day will be focused on speed, which will be shorter distance. And then later on in the week as well, too, I'll have a real long run as well, too, just because I know spending time on your feet is very vital to run these type of races. And then I add in some strength training in there as well. OK. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and I imagine you probably have more strength training when you're not preparing for a run. Correct. Right. Correct. Cool. Because you got to have leg muscles. You mm -hmm. have to have, you know, everything up the posterior train strong mm -hmm. to keep your body aligned. I mean, so I mean, I think like that's big. And to know, like, if you're a runner, you're going to have a different build. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I box, when you're boxing, you got to have you're going to have a different build. Right, right. Yeah, no chance. There's no there's nothing that was going to restrict movement. Uh, in your upper torso at all. Mm -hmm. You got to be fluid. You got to be limber mm -hmm. and you got to be flexible. So range of motion. I, I think a lot of people when it comes to like the marathon, what I hear a lot is lower back issues, you know, that pounding, that high mm -hmm. impact. Mm -hmm. What do you do to remain flexible or to remain limber enough to make you want to go again? That doesn't make that recovery so brutal. Right, right. So I do... Rest is very important, definitely after marathon and stuff. Um, I am a big, firm believer on dynamic stretching. Um, that type of movement, staying mobile, is very important. Um, I've had the great pleasure, of course, working for a chiropractor for four years. So I had chiropractic treatment for four years as well, which is fantastic for runners. Um, if your joints are feeling it, go see your local chiropractor. Go see him or her. I promise you it will help with the alignments of all the pounding constantly on the back or on your knees, ankles as well. Um, but if, let's just say, you do not go see your local chiropractor, stay mobile and focus on dynamic movements such as high knees, hip swings, 
um, butt kicks, anything like that. I am a firm believer that that, those type of movements keep the flexibility, keep everything going. It takes all, it takes joints into accountability as well, too, of making sure everything is working properly for you. Perfect. Perfect. And if you don't know, as far as dynamic flexibility, it's anything that's kind of mimicking the practice that's mimicking the exercise of those movements. So if I'm going to play basketball, you warm up, those are dynamic warmups, going through the layup line, doing lateral shuffles. You know, if you're doing football, doing the karaoke, doing high knees, right? Those are dynamic movements that are helping you warm up the joints, warming up the muscle tissue, right? But it's the corrective stuff. Do you do corrective stuff as well? Like when you're yes. recovering? Yeah. All right, perfect. Absolutely. So if you don't know corrective exercises, that type of rehabilitation comes with a little bit longer of a stretch, like minimum 30 seconds, where opposed to the dynamic, which is constant motion, you know, maybe 50 percent uh, of your current speed, you know, of, of game speed. But what do you do, Luke, for corrective movement? Do you use a foam roll or, you know, static stretching? Or Yeah, so static stretching, I only do during recovery, post-workouts. I never do static stretching before then. Um, I've learned over time too that it can uh, sometimes maybe uh, cause the muscle to become inactive, uh, maybe risk of injury as well too. Oddly enough, you know, we grow up in PE in class, you know, you're always stretching before it, right? Yes. But I am all for that type of after workout static stretching. I feel like that increases the overall elasticity in the muscles as well too, making sure the muscles grow the way they should properly um, and making sure everything is flexible and uh, fluent, in other words. Uh, but as in corrective movement stuff too, I, I don't, I don't for say use a foam roller, but you know, sometimes I use a tennis ball and I'll roll it underneath for a great example. Since I rolled my ankle this past week at the Houston marathon, I've been doing ankle movements as well. I've been doing my ABCs with my foot. Um, but I have been putting it on top of a golf ball and I've been just moving around underneath there to kind of get that myofascial release, um, that, providing walking and my fingers just aren't going to provide for that man that is the real deal and honestly that is one of the key things to to being young mm -hmm. you know having full range of motion full extensibility of the muscles Absolutely. and to be able to have that flexibility because when you feel old you act old no for sure you know agree with that and there's nothing that'll agree. make you quit a sport especially running yep. anything tennis basketball mm -hmm. than not being able to commit to those movements correct you know one of the big things when i talk to my clients about is moving from left to right right we don't get in the frontal plane the older we get usually mm -hmm. right we're sagittal plane, sagittal, left and sure. right yep. you know we sit yep. up we sit down we walk you know we may jog a little yep. bit but very rarely do we go left? Do we go right? Mm -hmm. Or do we go throughout the transverse plane right, into right. those real dynamic movements, like going through somebody that's playing uh, lacrosse or anything baseball, you know, anything rotational that really gets you active. Mm -hmm. And so I believe firmly in SMR. And if you don't know SMR, it's what Luke was talking about with the myofascial release. It's called self-myofascial release. Mm -hmm. And I use it because I do a lot of strength training uh, as well with balance, coordination, plyometrics. But when you're lifting weights and when you're doing more strength training, and, and I'm going to tell you right now, I do more strength training for sure than Luke does. I'm about <laughs> two times his size. You know, I'm a fat guy. Don't let him lie to you. I can outbench this guy. <laughs> hey, you probably can, man. But I'm telling you, when you, got, when you do have, uh, when you lift like that and your muscles are constantly active and constricted, then you have to find a way to get them to release because you need the muscle extensibility to allow you to have your full range of motion. Mm -hmm. And like Luke said, for your muscles to be able to grow, to have the ideal movement, the ideal growth patterns, 
you have to do things such as corrective stretching. Now, the one thing that you did say was something I can definitely, definitely agree with you on learning later in life uh -huh. that you shouldn't be stretching and holding your Correct. stretches before an activity, Correct. especially one where you make going 70, 80, 90 percent, 100 percent. Correct. Yep. Given going all out, like in the basketball yep. game, in a, in a run, uh, in a baseball game, football game, yes. swimming, anything competitive where you're going to need all your energy, you should not overstretch Correct. and you should not be doing <laughs> static stretching, which is 30 second hold because you do lose, just like you said, that elasticity, mm -hmm. that pop. It does. You yeah. know, because that's why you do the corrective. So if you're thinking about it, you're holding that stretch 30 seconds, 40 seconds, 60 seconds, just like you do in a yoga class mm -hmm. with, with some of the uh, longer holds right, right. to cut off that connectivity, right? To right. cut off the activity of that muscle spindle. So that's, so if you're learning something, yes. maybe hopefully you just learned something. Yeah, and t take this analogy too. So imagine a rubber band in the freezer. You take that rubber band out of the freezer, you pull that rubber band. What's more than likely going to happen when you pull that rubber band as far as you can for a certain time? It's going to snap, okay? Now take that same rubber band and pull it, then close it, causing friction in the middle. And you're going to feel that warmth on that rubber band because it's not cold anymore. Now, that rubber band is your muscle. It is cold right from the get-go. It is cold. And if you pull that, the chances of it snapping is more likely opposed to when you just go in and out with it, causing that friction. It's going to help warm up. So that's why dynamic stretching, very vital before then, then do your static afterwards. All right, Luke, that was perfect. So we just touched on mental prep, physical prep recovery now the one thing that i do want to touch on right oh, now <laughs> is the nutrition <laughs> side oh man people are going to hate me and chew me out for this one <laughs> all right what you got what oh, you got she's going to call me out if i say i eat all greens nothing but you know spinach kale i love it oh she would call me out call me a liar listen i'd be lying to you if i told you i am more of a do as i say and don't do as i do i i am pretty bad about that but I will say too, when it is, when it does come down to it, and I am strict about it, I will be very strict about my nutrition. My big key thing when I tell my clients about weight loss and stuff, find a routine in your food. So a lot of people, they, they eat three big meals in a day. That's the occasional stuff. Break out of that habit. Break it up into four or six small meals throughout the day, but find it on a good routine of what you typically eat. Supper is maybe the one thing I could say that you could possibly change up each night. You know, be... Be good about it, of course, but at the same time, that morning break, that, that snack in between, that uh, small lunch that you might have as well too, make it the same thing daily for a while, then switch it up every now and then. But once your body finds that routine, it'll speed up the metabolism, it'll be able to break down the foods quicker, and uh, of course, weight loss will happen more than likely with that as well. So, Awesome. So what are your favorite things to eat? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the bad side a little bit. All right, all right. We'll get that out of the way first. I am a I am a, my vice for food is definitely gummy bears. Oh, oh man. wow. Candy is it could be it could be bad. If candy's in the house, I'm gonna eat it. I am, and I hate saying that. And also too, on the border chips. Pringles, you oh, name wow. it. Chips is a big thing for me. Yeah. yeah. And then ramen noodles. Now is that noodles with the chips? Bit. Is that just the chips? We got chips and salsa. Just chips. chips. And yeah, okay. just chips. Just chips. Now I would love to have it with some guac. Though. That yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, you know what? I'm a fool when it comes to yeah. the uh, Chipotle chips. Oh no, oh, they're good, man. And so I have to have a certain ratio. So a lot of times, if I get it, because it's okay. a big bag of chips, and they do have a small, but ordinarily when you get, they give you the large bag. Uh -huh. 
So that means I need an extra side of guac too. Right, right. Because I gotta have the 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 ratio just right. I, like I can't it. get a full if I'm having to scrape the bottom of, of that of that little bowl <laughs> and I still got chips left, I'm not happy. Uh, I'm gonna feel unsatisfied. That's 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 funny. But hey, glad you do it though. Yeah, I just gotta be real with it. <laughs> hey, so, that's just extra avocado though, that's all good, man. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you, right? The the monounsaturated fats, I gotta get it. I will say that's my that's my pre-marathon. Uh, ultra marathon food right before a race avocado toast i love it just because okay. it gets that fat that i need that i'm going to burn during that race and the carbs for the the bread as well too that is what i try to eat every time before a big uh long distance race that is so do you have a slight uptake in your carbs before your race i do i i'm not i'm not the big i, I don't i shouldn't say i'm the biggest fan of carb loading mm-hmm. not that i truly believe in it or mm-hmm. anything but i will say that week of when you're tapering for that for that race, so obviously you don't want to run as many miles as you're going to be racing that week. So you take some time off. At the same time, I do feel like my calorie intake does go up only because I think it's a stress thing because I'm not running. Running's therapy for me. So if I'm not doing it, I got to do something that I guess that's going to relieve that stress. And I guess that would be like eating another avocado toast. <laughs> yeah, but that's good, though, because at that point, I think with that parasympathetic response, when you're really trying to come down and relax, get everything to baseline, that you have that time to build up. So lower inflammation, you know, being able to mentally prepare and be like, you know what, my body's feeling good. My metabolism is on point. I'm getting stories where I need stored, you know, right, a little right. bit more anabolic at that state. Mm-hmm. So it's like, here I am. And then you move up. But what I'm curious to know is on top of that, where you may be slight carb loading, what is your pre-marathon, pre-competition body fat percentage normally? Oh, that's a good question. I, I usually am in the range always of maybe 8% my top. Okay. I, I've, I've fallen as low as 6 Now, I, I don't want to go any lower than that, and it's unhealthy really to go too low. I mean, we both know that. Um, but I mean, unless you're bodybuilding or something that needs to be ripped, but I've always, I've always pride myself on my figure as well too. So there comes a certain point that if let's just say the six pack ain't shown as much as good as it used to, I'm, (laughs) I'm going to cut back on the food. I'm really going to dial down on, uh, the sugar probably intake that I'm probably consuming that's causing that. So, but before a race, I try to be somewhere between six to maybe six to 8% body fat. Definitely, because I, I do intake some high fats as well, too, because when you're when you're running those long miles, your body is going to break down on those fats. And it is very vital to be consuming that even during the marathon as well, too. So it's important to have the gels or anything that might have just slight fat and sugar that your body's going to need as you're feeling for that. All right. Now, that kind of opened the door to some other questions. Now, now I'm thinking now I'm really thinking. So I read one time about hyponatremia. OK. And. How, is, how do you do when it comes to replenishing water along the course of a marathon? Yeah, so of, of a lot of people, if you don't know, when you run a marathon, it's... Hey, this is Healthy Living in 4D, and I'm so glad you tuned in today. You're listening to an exclusive interview with my friend, Luke Halterman, and we need your help. We need you to rate us. We need you to rate this interview. I need you to subscribe and follow us. I need you to subscribe to this podcast. I need you to follow us on Spotify. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, we're trying to get ranked. We're trying to change the world. So our way to empower others and help you create a healthy, sustainable lifestyle, our way of serving, our way of sharing a very special message. Real fun sometimes to weigh yourself the morning of. 
then weigh yourself afterwards. Because I promise you, you're going to lose a few pounds always. And I think this Houston marathon, I lost about three or four pounds doing this run. So even with all that, at each aid station, there's an aid station maybe every mile and a half. I try to take one or two cups of water every time, every aid station, just because I know with my body and how it's breaking down with the water intake, I, I try to consume it as much as possible because each time you grab a cup, you're getting maybe getting three or four ounces of water if you're not spilling on yourself as you're running. So you're probably ideally getting only two ounces of water. I mean, oh, you mean you don't stop? I don't stop. Oh, no, because oh, if I stop, yeah. that pace stops. And so the, you got to keep the momentum going, of course. So. Does anybody stop? Oh, yeah. A lot of people stop for sure. Okay. Yeah. But you don't stop. I don't stop, man. See, uh, that's a whole <laughs> different level of competitiveness because if I see somebody else stopping on this marathon that I'm not too sure about myself, I'm stopping. Uh, <laughs> I think at that time, the rest of recharge. But no, that's cool, man. Yeah, that, it's important to hydrate during, for sure. Absolutely. That speaks volumes to the fact that you are running and drinking. Mm-hmm. To the best of my ability. Hey, man. Now, <laughs> what about electrolytes? Do you have a take on that? I do. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I take uh, these Cliff Blot gels, um, and I take two of them with me, and each one holds six to eight. I, I couldn't be for sure how much exactly, but I will take one every 20 minutes, and I'll try to fuel myself in advance for the other 20-minute block I'll be running. So at the beginning of the race, I will consume one, with water, because um, when you take those cliff box and electrolytes, you're going to need water to replenish that. If not, your stomach's going to hate you and you'll probably throw up on the side. So I will take a block before the race, knowing that in 20 minutes, once once my energy is already being consumed for that 20 minutes, I'm going to need to keep replenishing that to keep moving. So in 20 minutes, I'll take another one and I'll just slowly bite into it and just kind of suck on it and chew it over a course of 20 minutes. Now, what do you feel, Luke, has helped you elevate your game the most? What's taken you from just running and for pleasure to having that desire to change your life and to be better? to doing a half marathon or let's say maybe a 5K to a half marathon. How, mm-hmm. What was that level of progression like for you? And what did it take for you to get there all the way up to where you are with the ultra marathons? I take great pride in representing the name that's on your back and the people who brought you there in this life before you. You know, I want to do the people that I know love me and that I love. I want to do them right and I want to make them proud. I have failed so many times in life that I don't fear competition anymore. You know, I've gone to juvie. I've done the, I've done some bad things as well. I've hurt. I've broke a lot of people's hearts. So for me, I try to elevate by just trying to take pride into making the Halterman a name, like a brand name. You know, I want my kids to be proud of it as well, too. So I try to think mentally, what can I do to elevate what I've already accomplished? You know, so it was a 5K that started off. What's it's bigger than a 5K? Okay, let's do a 10K. What's bigger than a 10K? When I turned 30 um, this past October, I was like, you know what? I'm going to run 30 miles. Why not? You know, so I try, yeah, you know, what's what's next for Luke Halterman after just running? Let's do obstacle course racing. Got it. Let's do some obstacle course racing. What's next? American Ninja Warrior. Let's try out. I made it, you know? So now that I'm 30, it's just, I look back on some of those accomplishments and I'm like, what else could I possibly do? And as much as I might not have an answer right now, right off the tip of my tongue, uh, I know I'm not done yet. And I want to keep elevating that. I ain't done yet. I ain't done I yet, man. Yeah. I ain't done yet. And if anything comes my way, I'm not going to back down from it. I want to keep I want to keep escalating that because I want my kids to see this 
Um, and even though they might be too young to understand it now, and maybe they're, you know, they're at the, oh, dad, just stop showing off. You just doing this for attention. Or, you know, I don't know, you know, but I, I hope when they grow older that they saw he didn't allow this to stop him. He kept going. You know, he wants to do us proud. I want to try to do him proud. I want to try to do my kids proud when they get older as well. You know, so that's that's, that's why I elevate my game each time, man. That's so amazing. age is only but a number. I am not going to let just because me getting older, it's not going to slow me down. either. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Man, you know what? What you said was I felt so many times that I don't fear competition. Mm-hmm. That is great. Because so many people are hindered by that, mm-hmm. right? Failure will stymie your future goals. You know, like it changes the way a lot of people see themselves. Uh, it changes the way that they may see the way that they parent, Agreed. the way that they see their their pursuits in life. So failing at one thing instead of, and this is what we have to do, man. We have to see failure as a chance to grow because see, it's all about perspective. And if you have a narrow perspective, then you're looking at failure as maybe the pressures that are external coming in on you and they're keeping you from growth. But when you have a broader perspective, you're seeing that it's really just an itch. Like it's something that came into your life. It may have temporarily halted your growth. It may have temporarily kept you down, but that's exactly it. It's only temporary, right? But you have to continue to be, to commit Mm -hmm. on the daily. You have to make goals, whether they are big, whether they're small, so you have long-term, short-term, mm-hmm. you have to continue to be accountable mm-hmm. and you can't let it affect the way that you see yourself. Agreed. You know, Agreed. I think people look in the mirror too many times like, man, I am a failure, but it's only when you care about the opinion of others. This is if true. you truly, if you truly care about yourself, it's true. Yep. Then everything else doesn't matter. Couldn't agree more, man. Now, the one thing that I feel like is intrinsic in nature, what we do, is the way that we feel about ourselves and our seats, mm-hmm. right? So just like you say, you do it for your kids. Correct. You do it because you're setting a legacy. This is what you see for the Halt of family. This is what you see for namesake, mm-hmm. which is key. But kids are vulnerable, mm-hmm. right? Kids don't really have an understanding of what's on the external than what we provide them for quite some time. Right, right. Now, once they get about six, seven, eight, and they start going to school, then you start having those interactions with mm-hmm. other kids as they start to mature, start to watch a little TV, maybe things like that. Then they start to get an opinion when the world may have uh, a type of an influence on them. But it's still up to us to set that tone, set that direction, understand that yes. as parents, we're going to know more. We're going to know best. There's right, no way right. I'm arguing with my, with my six-year-old. There's no way I'm arguing right. with my year. It's like, you don't know anything, you know? <laughs> and so for me to give you direction, I just want to have you say, yes, sir, no, sir, to understand right. that what I'm teaching is f- not only for your best interest, correct, but I'm thinking years ahead for you, right? Yes. Yep. Not only am I trying to protect you, but I'm also trying to guide you. So yep. It's not just Hunt that's on the back of that jersey. It's not just Haltman on the back of that jersey. Right. For us, this is for you later in life. And, right. And it's hard to get them to understand that at such a young age that that's what that means. Correct. But every day we work harder to make them understand that. That's like, right. Yes, that's right. We do love you. Correct. We want to see you safe. We want to see you making the decisions that are better for your overall outcome long term than even yep. what we did. And just like you said uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. I want you to be better than I was, or just not not yesterday in your in your American Ninja Warrior um, 
film your oh your, submission yeah, yeah and, that's that, submission. and that's one of my that is one of my quotes that i always keep in my head that my father told me he said the greatest gift that you can be as a father is to have your kids be better than you and i i want that i want them to be better than me so and i i try to tell them that growing up with respect and trying to make a legacy just for themselves not so much just for the namesake as well too but you know you you got to love yourself before you love others you got to be happy for yourself opposed to a showing exposing happiness to others um but if that is the big it's the biggest currency you could ever have you would be rich people will respect you just based off of just respect money has no bounds or it's not a higher currency all right so healthy living in 4d luke is the name of this podcast and that's desire discipline direction and duty those are what i feel are the main four pillars of what it takes to create a healthy and sustainable lifestyle which is what I feel we all need to live our best lives. Love it. I'm here to empower others. And so sharing your story is allowing me to do that. Which I appreciate. To you, oh, no doubt, man. I appreciate you for giving me that time today away from your family to come in and speak, man. Are you kidding me? They were kicking me out of the door. Oh, okay. They needed that break. I appreciate it. You know what I almost did? i tell you the truth. And I thought about it, and I was kind of intimidated. I'm not even going to lie. Uh-huh. Luke, bring your shoes. Oh, bro, you were going to race me today. No, huh? no not race. Oh, not race. Bro. I was going to run. Oh, okay. Just run. Just run. Now you're gonna be. I mean, beat me. You probably be like, "Hey, man, what's going on, man?" Oh, you know, I love it, man. Hey, I'm in my dress shoes, but I'll still run with you, man. You, you smoke me. <laughs> when you said because I saw one, your pace was a three mile run in like five minutes. Yeah, four seven. miles at five forty seven pace. Yeah, bro. Granted, on the treadmill, so it you are able to run a little bit faster on the treadmill because it does propel you a little bit. But to be able to sustain that, I mean, that's the first time I've ever done that. So. Since okay. since high school days, I don't relate any of my running nowadays to my high school days because my high school days were my my prime, you know, all that type of stuff. So let's just you know take that out of the equation. <laughs> hey man, that is stellar because I just pushed myself to get an eight minute mile by the first time in years. Man, that's good. You know, just a couple weeks ago, eight minute mile is just as good. And I I tell people who always you know look at my times and go, oh, that's fast. And of course, I look at other people's times who are faster than myself saying, oh, wow, those are fantastic times. But I tell people, hey, did you finish the same distance I did? And they said, I did. And I said, that's the only thing you should be happy about. You finished. You ran the same exact distance I did. So what? It takes you a slower time. You did it. That's yeah. the main thing. You yeah. know? That's big. Absolutely. And I got a buddy, man, and one of my best friends. And, and honestly, if it wasn't for him, I would not have even pursued running. Oh, okay. And I was always basketball first, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until he started having issues with his heel that I was like, all right, man, let's try something else, because every time we go to basketball, he hurt. He get mm-hmm. hurt. Mm-hmm. And so now it's like, okay, he fell in love with running. And I think he had other people pushing him towards running, and it was like, all right, man. So as far as like our bond, uh, our ability to connect used to be more so workouts, basketball. Now it's also workout and running. Love so it. I'll go to the trail Love with him. It. It's like, all right, but he's pushing me. Right. So my gift was like, all right, I'm going to throw him in with you one of these days <laughs> because he's always running like beating me. And so it's like, man, hey, I, I can't, I can't come keep on, up. Man. I know. And it's like that extra push, though. You know, when you have yeah. that, you know, when you have that goal, it's like that competitive spirit comes out. Absolutely. And adrenaline is pumping. It's like, you know, three miles, five miles, seven miles, somewhere right in there. And mm-hmm. that's not marathon you know, style, but it's a, it's short enough to where adrenaline can have and that sympathetic response Absolutely. can have a huge impact. You, on pushing you can yourself. find that runner's high in seven miles. Yeah, yes. You can even find it in three miles. So, and that runner's high feel is just the best feeling in the world. 
it, it feels like you're floating in the sky. I don't, you know, that's honestly the only way I can explain it. A lot of people say, what's runner's high? I don't know if I had runner's high. It's just when you can go out and run and then just lose yourself in your mind. I mean, just lose yourself. You Then when you come back to yourself, you're like, oh, I ever covered this distance? I don't remember running past this because you were just floating and you're going along. I love it. I love running without music sometimes because I soak in my surroundings. Okay. I breathe in the air that's there. I, you know, look at all of God's creations and just soak in the moment, live in the present, even during your runs, just soak it in because tomorrow might not be here. So you've got to take in every bit that you can. Um, and that's the runner's high. That's the best way I can explain that. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So you hear that? Hey, Shell, if you're listening, shout out to the Rehab Run Club. Luke Halterman's coming for you. We're going to make it a thing. That's right. Watch out, man. <laughs> so Luke, to close it out. Tell me a little bit more about your next stage in life with this journey with the with the with the club opening up. Okay, yeah. So uh, for anyone who doesn't know, I've been working at Victory Chiropractic for four years. This is going to be my last week. It's a bittersweet feeling, bitter because I love that place. I learned a lot. I love working with Marilee and Brian. Been great mentors for me, and I I really do appreciate that. But I the sweet part is, of course. It's the fact of I'm moving into a managing position under a gym. It's going to be called the Foundry. It's going to be in South Lake, located right next to uh, Kroger, right off 1709. If you're training for CrossFit, if you're training for obstacle course racing, you train for anything specific that might tailor some weightlifting, functional movements. There's going to be some personal training, of course. Um, anything that might want you want to step over that little bit of boundary of, oh, I don't know if I should do this or not. Come see us. We will prepare you for it. I promise you, you will not regret it. But I, I'm excited about that advancement in my career. I feel like it's time for me now to finally become the leader opposed to the follower. I feel like I've taken and I, you know, I always take advice, of course, but I feel like it now it's time for me to shine, time for me to take this moment in and um, advance this career of mine into fitness. And of course, I have a I have a love and passion for fitness. Um, I wouldn't I don't see my life any other way without it. I, I take pride into it with my kids as well, too. They are always doing something. I'm excited to bring them to the gym and, you know, have them maybe be there during a workout or something. So it's, it's going to be an exciting time for sure. Uh, also to the advance my team up business as well, which is where my uh, business partner Cash and I go to apartment complexes and we host uh, a group a hit more than likely, which is high intensity uh, interval training classes for the residents at apartments. And we're hoping to advance that business as well too. And our motto is bringing communities together. We wanna bring you down there to the gym, meet your neighbor, say hello. It's more than just fitness, it's life. It's a great way to um, you know, mingle with others. It's, uh, you know, fitness brings people together, I believe. Yeah, I mean, man, that's right. it brought us together for this interview. It brought, you know, and uh, and it's going to continue from that as well, too, man. So that is my I would say definitely career wise goal uh, for the next decade. I, I always tell my wife that each year I have a um, I call the year like my my growth year. or This is the year I'm with my qualifying year, my obstacle course racing year and my 30s this next decade. I want this to be where I hustle and grind. It's time for me to mature a little bit into that and be the provider that I'm meant to be. And I really feel like I could do that. And so this is going to be the next step in stone for that. So Bless, I'm excited. Man. Yes, very, very. I'm awesome. beyond thankful for everyone in my life. Um, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't. 
Yeah. And it starts with my parents. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for them. I really wouldn't. That's awesome, man. I feel like you're on the right track. And that leadership, taking that step mm -hmm. is the best thing for somebody like you. Now, mm -hmm. everybody's not truly meant to be a leader, mm -hmm. but you have to be really humble, you right, know, and correct. like for you, your personality, your give, that attitude of servitude, man, that's going to be awesome for you. That's going to be big. And the entrepreneurial spirit, too, with the team up. So where can people find team up how do we locate it facebook instagram yep so we're on we're on facebook and we're on instagram you can follow us on instagram at team up army and then on facebook you can just type up team up i believe that will be one of the first ones that should pop up uh, page wise but follow us weekly we give out weekly workouts we give out weekly uh fitness advice we give out motivational speeches um we also give out weekly challenges as well too i mean if you if Let's just say you're taking a cornerstone, taking a step into fitness and you want to start somewhere, start with us. We've got a challenge that could be like a 30 second wall set. If you can do it, post it. We would love to see it. We encourage it. Um, like I said, each week it always changes. But you can follow us on social media. Of course, you can even reach out to myself or to my business partner, Cash Tavacoli. We would love to have um, to come to your local apartment as well, too, and lead some hit classes because it's a good time. Um, and I hope to carry that even into the gym that I'll be managing as well, too. That's awesome, man, because when you do that, that opens up to the community, opens up to anybody within any price point that says, I just need to learn how to start. I just need to have that motivation to start, to right. get up out the gate, to get up out the sticks and to figure out exactly what it's going to take for me to be better, mm -hmm. to get better. Absolutely. And that's perfect, man. That's yeah. awesome. I yep. love the business model. I mean, Thanks, dude, man. that is that's going to be good. And then when you carry over as a leader, that carries over and translate to how you are from home to work and vice versa. So I know I wish your family the best because that's going to be awesome for yes, them. Yes, absolutely. You know, you Thank may you. not be as home at home as much. You yeah, know? it's going to be a lot. <laughs> but hey, I get it. You know, you got to grind to make this gym work. And me and uh, the the business owner Joe. He, he understands that as well, too. And it's going to take some time. It's going to be time outside the hours that I'm supposed to work, probably to get this thing going. But to make it successful, you have to put in the time and the work. And I am beyond willing to do that. Uh, like I said, this is the decade, my 30s. From 2020 to 2030, I'll be 30 to 39. And it's going to be my hustle decade. I'm going to hustle and make sure to give my wife and kids the best life that they can possibly have. You know what? And everybody gets to hear it and understand like this is what success looks like. This is what success feels like. It's not the material stuff. This is success because it matters and it's being fulfilled. And honestly, he's embodied everything that healthy living in 40 is all about. The desire you hear. It, he's passionate. Mm -hmm. He understands the direction. He has a blueprint right there. He's disciplined. He's told you. <laughs> From running a marathon to starting a business to starting a new career path, like in all aspects of his life, and then the duty. The last thing with Team Up is ultimately how I see that your duty is coming full circle. Mm -hmm. And that is amazing, bro. So Thank you. keep it up, Luke. Uh, hey, I know we've got one more thing, and I want to okay. find out. And I'm not going to keep you here long. But where do they find you? Not just Team Up, not just uh, you know the new club, but where do they find your personal <laughs> page for your motivational direction to Luke Skywalker, uh, Ninja Warrior? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can look me up on Facebook. I am always accepting friend requests. We might not even have mutual friends. I am so welcoming to everybody in all forms of life. 
So by all means, look me up, Facebook, Luke Halterman, of course, is my name. You can follow me on Instagram, Luke Ninja Skywalker, um, which, by the way, as well, too, hopefully on the call out, American Ninja Warrior, season 13, I believe, coming around the corner, hoping to hear back phone call. I will keep everyone posted on that. He, I'm trying to make my return. Luke, thanks for your time and coming in. And closing up, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, go ahead, Healthy Living in 4D. You know the name. So now go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and then vote, man. Let me know what you think. Give us give us five stars. Go ahead and help us climb up in the rankings. <laughs> and we hope to hear more and deliver more great content and ways to help you, help those around you, help you become better, help you live your best life, empower you to be the best that you can be. Because that's what it's all about, man. It's what I love to do. And God bless you. Have a great day.